Hello, welcome to the hot seat. I'm Martin Rogers here with Tony Travers to discuss the recent local elections in England. Welcome, Tony. So, so far, what have we learned from these elections? Well, remember, we're talking about these elections when about a third of them have been counted. So uh, those watching uh, this broadcast will may know more than we do now. But it does appear that the local elections this year have provided another opportunity which they've taken for UKIP to advance themselves, particularly in local elections which are first past the post elections. And they're clearly on course to win 150 to 200 seats. So they'll consider that good. Um, For the Conservatives, they've not done so well. They didn't expect to do well. They're they're still in government. It's sort of mid-term. They'll fall back by perhaps 250 seats, something like that. Uh, For the Lib Dems, they were expecting to do very badly. They're going to do very badly. But in fairness to them, uh, they were expecting to do so badly. It could hardly be worse than that. And then for the Labour Party, it is a very mixed picture. In London, Labour's doing quite well, as if there was a traditional Conservative to Labour swing with Labour picking up councils. But much worse position in the north of England, where Labour is seeing its vote eaten into and indeed losing councillors to UKIP. So uh, I think for Labour, it's probably rather less good than they would have hoped, especially a year before a general election. So what are the implications going forward for all the parties involved? Well, I think, oddly enough, we can group the Conservative Party, the Labour Party and the Liberal Democrats together to answer that question, because... Uh, You know, the UKIP threat, and this has been much discussed, particularly in the uh, recent book by uh, Matthew Goodwin and Rob Ford, um, the UKIP threat is clearly one that has to do in part with Europe and immigration, but also significantly to do with people feeling disempowered, cut off from the political process and reacting in a way that is to say a plague on all your houses, particularly the Conservative and Labour Party. And that, I think, is going to give the strategists in both those older major parties an enormous amount to think about. We'll come back to that perhaps in a moment. For the Lib Dems, I think they they are less of a... I mean, they're, they're part of the problem in terms of the disconnection, but I think their solutions will be difficult. And for UKIP, they now need to decide how to press on to see if they can turn votes in a... Um, local council election and presumably in the euro elections on Sunday into winning some seats at by-elections and at the general election in 2015. You've left out the the Green Party so far. Are they a significant electoral force? Well, the Greens are, it would appear, going to get, you know, five or six, seven percent perhaps of the votes in the local elections. They'll probably do better than that in the euros. So they can be a force but they find it incredibly difficult to pick up traction over time. If you look at what the Lib Dems did in the past and what UKIP appear to be doing now, the Greens in Britain have been, frankly, uh, extremely incapable of doing that. And you have to ask why. You know, why is it that they found it so difficult, as compared with some parts of the continental, you know, continental Europe, to do the same? But they're not showing any great signs of a breakthrough here. But given their uh, percentage of the vote, can it be said that the two-party system of politics is over and we're now into a four, perhaps four-and-a-half, five-party system? I think we are. I mean, there's no question that the two-party system is in 
freefall decline, really. I mean, we, everybody now knows that whereas in the 1950s, the Conservatives in Labour in general elections polled 96, 97% of the vote. In 2010, they got 65%. Now, it doesn't look as if they're going to get that between them in these local elections in a national equivalent vote share sense. So with that in mind, the question is, who picks up the votes? Who are the, inc- who are the insurgent parties? And clearly it was the Lib Dems. They're still present, of course, and they've not lost everything. They have still hold, held on to a number of councillors, and they'll have plenty of councillors at the end of this. UKIP are now an insurgent party, the Greens to a lesser degree. And, of course, in Wales and Scotland, where there aren't local elections this time, um, you've got the Nationalist Party. So, actually, Britain is now a multi-party system. And the only question, really, is how far, uh, sorry, how long does it take from here on for that to translate into new parties, insurgent parties, beginning to win seats in Parliament. And that's a question, of course, UKIP and everybody else will be asking in relation to the 2015 election. So just building on that, so you talked about UKIP's success in the North. Um, We've had today Nigel Farage declaring himself an honorary Essex man after their successes in my own backyard. What prospects have they got for MPs, influence, whether the two things are different or the same, and how are the major parties going to respond to it? Well, I mean, there's no question that UKIP has done well in Essex and probably in other parts of eastern England, rather as they did in the county council elections last year. What's new this year, of course, is we had contests in, or we've had contests in northern cities. And That has shown that UKIP can make progress, not everywhere, but in some of those cities, and certainly building themselves up as the second party to challenge Labour in future, which will certainly worry Labour strategists. Now, this leaves, you know, the Conservatives have long struggled with the question of how they appeal to the centre ground, whilst at the same time take on UKIP with their Eurosceptic and rather more conservative views. And that's proved a nightmare for David Cameron, and it will continue to be so. But Labour now clearly has exactly the same problem. What they find is they've got a progressive party, very good at winning in London, it would appear. But it's not at all clear to me that the party that can win in London is exactly the party that you'd want to be winning in the urban north, or indeed in any other part of rural Uh, England. So the Labour Party now faces the same challenge of how do they face in different directions with one party. In some ways, hasn't this been an excellent result for the Conservatives in that Labour, Miliband in particular, are wounded, but will keep limping on and seeing that the Conservatives believe that they can beat a Miliband-led Labour Party? Isn't this been quite a good result for the Conservatives? Well, it's certainly not a great result for Labour, as I think you can see it, therefore, as a reasonable result for the Conservatives. I mean, the thing about Labour is it's the main opposition party. There is clearly a willingness amongst a great section of the electorate not to vote for the Conservative Party or the Liberal Democrats inside the coalition. Have they all voted Labour? Well, no, they haven't. A lot of them have voted UKIP. It is local elections. Something similar will happen in the European elections. But in the end, Labour needed to be doing far better than this, 11 and a half months out from a general election, if they want to be in any sense certain of winning that general election. So in the sense that it's not a great result for Labour, even aiming off for London, and it's 
uh, in that sense, it's not bad for the Conservatives. Uh, and also, of course, perfectly respectable for UKIP. So I think Labour probably will go away and have to think long and hard about what they can do in the remaining 11 and a half months to change this position. And the prospects for the general election next year? I think that these local elections suggest very strongly that it's very, going to be very, very difficult for either the Conservatives or Labour to win an overall majority. And that means we're into a further either minority or coalition government after the general election in 2015. Chances of uh, UKIP breaking into the House of Commons? I think that the chances of UKIP breaking in in a tiny number of places just about possible. But it doesn't look as if they're going to make a single leap to overtake the Conservatives or Labour or, or indeed you know, even the Lib Dems with whom they're not really quite so competitive. So I think they're not going to make a big leap in the 2015 election but I assume they're now in it, they, they see themselves as being in it for the long haul and you know, that they will then erode whichever party or parties are in power after 2015 in subsequent local and by-elections after that. And you think that could be a real danger if Labour was to win in 2015, that their support in the northern cities might be eroded even more? Well, I think if you imagine the following scenario. Imagine that on the basis of today's local election results, where UKIP has shown it can win seats in the urban north, or certainly come a plausible second to Labour in a number of places... Imagine next year Labour wins the general election and at that point, when it is unpopular in mid-term, in these kind of places where Labour faces UKIP as the main opposition, what do we think would happen then? So then UKIP could overhaul them in seats in the urban north and it it looks as if... We'll have to test this after the elections. It looks as if UKIP... People will vote UKIP who wouldn't vote Conservative, which is an interesting, you know, in, in the north of England. So people who've got out of the habit of voting Conservative may be willing now to vote UKIP. And if UKIP can create a coalition against Labour, then that could be dangerous for Labour in the long term. Which could be undermined by the potential for the electoral pact that some Conservatives have been talking about with UKIP. I think the challenge for the electoral pact that some Conservative MPs hope for with UKIP is that uh, I don't think UKIP members are particularly fond of joining with the Conservatives. I mean, I think this is something the Tories see themselves as potentially being able to benefit, or some of them do, Um, though Michael Gove has ruled it out, and I suspect David Cameron would. But, you know, it depends if, if UKIP members want to. And actually, if in the end UKIP members include a significant number of people who never were Conservatives, why would they want to join with the Conservatives? And actually, by joining with the Conservatives, you'd risk, as the Liberal Democrats have discovered, being made unpopular if you got anywhere near government. So UKIP might decide that just being an opposition party, eating away at the other parties for a while, is a safer place to be. All right. Thank you very much, Tony. You're off the hot seat.